Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers Who Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Healman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first, then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Good morning and welcome to Stay by the Tree, Messages of Hope, our webinar series sponsored by Mothers Who Know. We're so glad that you're here, so grateful to be with you this morning and we're so excited for you to hear Emily Cox today. So grateful that she's with us and that we love her so much. I think you're going to love her too. And we'll tell you a little bit more about that and some other resources that we have. But before we get started, I just wanted to introduce myself. I'm Karen Broadhead. I'm the founder and director of Mothers Who Know. And it's been such an amazing journey to connect with so many women who care so deeply about our Savior and champion Jesus Christ and standing with him and for him. One of the things that's empowering to know about Mothers Who Know is our motto. Our motto is stay by the tree. And we'll tell you a little bit more about that here in just a minute, but it represents kind of like our our statement of purpose, kind of like a, a just courageous battle cry that we stand with and for our Savior, Jesus Christ, to defend him and to love him while we love the people in our lives and with, that we need him. And the reason we need him is because there's so many things that we care so deeply about. And this mortal experience can be something that can stir up fear in us. And so our theme for Mothers Who Know is in 2 Timothy 1.7, and it is, God did not give us a spirit of fear, 
but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that's what we do here at Mothers Who Know is to, we learn how to stay in the spirit God gave us and to not be pulled into this tormenting place of fear. And so as you hear about us today and our resources, as we're connected to a really awesome company, Life Changing Services, I hope that you will get just, I hope that you'll notice that this webinar series, the messages of hope have one of the messages of hope that we hope that you'll hear when you're here in, in our three-part series is the resources here at Life Changing Services and at Mothers Who Know that are available to you and your family. All right. Well, first off, I just want to say I love Emily. I have been inspired for many years. She's my neighbor. She's in my, my ward, in my church. And I've known her for a long time and our children hang out together. And it's just been such a rewarding thing to watch Emily become, just step into her own personal power of what God's led her to do. And I'm so grateful that I've been able to, to be her friend. And anybody that knows Emily, just the title of her presentation, you know, falling in love with life, the good, bad, and the ugly. Like Emily is someone, if you knew her, you would say, she has a heart just like my heart. She really has a lot of love. I have a lot of love, but she has a special gift for, for showing how much she loves her life and for showing other people how much they're loved. And she has a really sweet spiritual gift for seeing people, like really seeing them. And so I'm just so grateful that she's here to present. I've been wanting her to come and present at this for some time. So I'm just gonna read her, her bio here. Emily's mission in life is to empower all humans. She has been a RAD, and RAD stands for Rape, Aggression, Defense. She has been a RAD self-defense instructor with the Weber and Morgan County Sheriff's Office since 2014, having personal experience with sexual violence, addiction, and suicide has fueled her passion to empower all humans, especially women. Emily is an associate broker with Caldwell Banker and uses these awareness techniques and her intuition daily in dealing with potential buyers, and sellers and other crazy clients. Emily has found the most valuable gifts in life, has found the most valuable gift in life is pure gratitude in which she thanks her God daily for her life experience so that she can share her experience with others. She loves teaching her sons how to show respect for women along with teaching them how to be safe in their dating relationships. Her 22 year old daughter is a rad graduate and has used her skills to help her to be more assertive and less of a target for sexual violence you can learn more and follow emily on facebook at emily hansen cox and on instagram at emily cox warrior and so it is our pleasure and a neat gift for us to show you a picture of emily's family 
This is her awesome family. And it's, they're just awesome. That's such a great picture of her family. She said, I didn't ask their permission, but here's the picture. And so we like to share pictures of people's family with you just because, yeah, it just makes us more connected and relate together. <clears throat> but Emily, we love you and we're with you and we're so grateful for, for your efforts for us this morning. Thank you for your service. We're going to turn it over to you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey. Okay. I was kind of worried that I wasn't going to see anyone's faces because I'm an in-person speaker and, and I like feeling everyone's energy and I like seeing their faces. And then I was like, oh, it's going to be so hard because I won't be able to see anyone's faces. And then I was like, no, actually, that's probably better. If I just feel like I'm talking to myself in my laundry room or something, then it will be so much better. And then I saw my mother-in-law, who was like one of the coolest humans on this earth, sitting with my sister-in-law. And then, of course, I started crying because I was like, oh, my gosh, these are all the people that I love so much. And now I'm going to see their faces. And now I'm really scared. So <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm super excited. So and I can see so many people out there that I love so much. And you all know who you are because I've already told you I love you. So super nervous and super excited to be here. And it's amazing how when you start preparing to share something super important, how your life kind of goes down the tubes. <laughs> and that's why I have like this sign in the back to remind me to embrace all the things, right? So it reminds me every day to embrace all those little imperfections, to embrace all of the things. And behind that sign is an imperfection. So it's kind of has a purpose too. So, so just so you guys know, just a couple words that describe me. I'm a mother. I'm telling you guys, like those kids are so awesome and best husband I could ever imagine having. Dave is is the best human for me. I love kickboxing. I love animal flow. If any of you guys know what that is, it's like yoga, but it's not, it's like more martial arts yoga. So it's kind of fun and not as I just only Bobby can do yoga justice. And so I am a self-defense instructor. Absolutely love doing that. And I also love being an associate broker at Coldwell Banker. I'm a total empath. I receive everybody's energy around me, which means I live a very exhausting life all the time. And I used to really love being out in public. And the stronger your gift gets, the more you like being alone and just with your family. But love hugging trees, literally hug all the trees. And I hug all the big rocks when I'm in nature because there's such a beautiful feeling when you're out in God's country and you can connect with that. I want to be able to share just a small Cliff Notes version of my past, my story, just to give some perspective, because I think that when you have perspective, I mean, so many people, I know that like my bishop's on here right now, I see your face and he's like the coolest guy. He always like, I'm like the happy spiky haired girl. And, but so that's how most people know me is that like, that girl is always happy. She's, but life wasn't always like that. And so I think having some perspective really helps to understand where someone is today and why they are the way they are. So 
you guys, I was talking with my parents yesterday and expressing so much love and gratitude to them for just being the best parents for me that I could have ever wanted or needed and grew up in the seventies and eighties. And life was pretty awesome for those of you that grew up during that time or were alive during that time. Like life was pretty grand. It was kind of before video games. So life was like, we built forts and I was kind of one of those children that was, I know that my mom says that I always walked to the beat of a different drummer. And I was that kid that would lay on the grass and look at the clouds and bawl hysterically because I missed Heavenly Father so much. And I was that kid that literally would stare at walls and count the flowers on the walls in preschool. And I remember the day that my brother tried to run away. (laughs) This is so funny. He was like five and he packed a suitcase and he was going to run away. And I went hysterical because just the thought of that kid not being in my family. And he was the kid that my other brother and I tortured all the time. So I was very unique, went to pick out the Christmas tree. And I literally had to hug every single tree in that tree lot before we left, because I felt so bad that they weren't chosen to come to our house for Christmas. So very sensitive soul, especially as a child. And then it's just gotten stronger and stronger as my life is has progressed. But when, so I lived in a bubble, I lived in a really happy little safe bubble. You know, back then our parents weren't talking to us about the things that life-changing services talks about, like anxiety and depression. No one talked about that stuff and no one talked about sexual violence and no one talked about anything. And, and it's not that it's, they did anything wrong. That's just the way the generations were. And that's just the way we were. But when I went to my first year of college, I was a, I am a survivor of a horrible sexual assault, a horrible rape that just changed my life forever. And because of that, I struggled with self-harm for years, suicide attempts. I was in and out of in treatments, inpatient treatment centers And my addiction is self-harm. It is something that I don't do anymore, haven't done for for a long time, but it's something that I still have those feelings that maybe that will make things better for some reason. And I know it doesn't, and I'm grateful that I'm in a place where that's not a part of my daily life. But, you know, I think it's interesting how life prepares you to do really what you're purpose here in life is. And I truly do believe that my job is to elevate humans, all of them. And in doing so, I go with them and it's the greatest thing in the world. So I, I do have, I had a lot of struggles. In fact, when my husband and I got married, I was still seeing a psychiatrist and man, that guy is just the biggest angel because he took on a lot. He took on a girl that was struggling, that was trying to find herself, that was trying to, you know, overcome all of those feelings where there's a lack of self, self-worth and self-love. And so, you know, it's just such a gift to look at where I was and look at where I am. And I know out there, a lot of you guys suffer with anxiety, depression. I know that you know, sexual violence is something that so many of us have experienced on some end of the spectrum. 
And it's something that I love that we're starting to have that conversation. And, you know, women for generations historically have been marginalized and kept silent. And, and I think it's beautiful that here we are on this platform to use our voices to get rid of all of those dark circles. And I love that Karen taught me years ago that if you could imagine a square and in that square is a circle that encompasses almost all of the square, except for those four corners. And sometimes in our lives, we have those dark corners that we're kind of ashamed about or we're embarrassed or, you know, they might, maybe others will see us as weak or they'll now think of us differently. And my goal today is to help you so that create a safe place so that you guys can get rid of your dark corners so that you guys will know that you're not alone, that you have so many friends out there, even friends that you don't know personally, that can be here to support you and just say, you know, I understand and I can be here to, to help you and support you. And so I have to tell you guys really quickly, I don't know if any of you have felt the imposter syndrome. It's kind of a thing on the TED Talks now, but, and I don't know if it's really true, but I do believe that the adversary says like, who are you to do this? Like who qualified you to teach at mothers who know who, who qualified you? And you know what? I remember in January where I, when I started teaching a class to young women's groups and different civic groups, it was, it's called self-defense and intuition. And it's note that we don't teach any physical. It's all about tapping into your intuition and your awareness to defend yourself. And I remember this amazing loved one going, who are you to teach that? Like, you're not like certified. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't have a certificate that says I can teach this. And for like 10 minutes, I and then I was like, hello, okay, so I am certified to teach self-defense and I know what I'm talking about. And I've lived a life of intuition. So life qualifies us and God qualifies us to do hard things in life. And I think that if any of you out there are thinking of doing something that's hard and living in the middle of hard, which is what we're doing, which is kind of what BJ just talked about, that is something that your life qualifies you to share. Your life qualifies you. God qualifies you to share your experiences, to create a safe place for others to be. So maybe that will help you guys because it helped me. And think about like, if you guys have heard the fiery furnace of affliction, well, during those three years where I was struggling to stay alive, I lived in that fiery furnace and you know, the furnace really never turned off. I think that I'm still in the fiery furnace and I think that a lot of us are. In fact, I, to this day, kind of wonder like, am I not done baking yet? Like I should be done baking. I, I've kind of like been warm for a long time. And so I'm kind of ready for like Antarctica or something where it's a little bit cooler, but eventually I've been in that furnace for so long that I've kind of set up camp there and I have furniture and I, and I've talked to that furnace, like, what are you trying to teach me? And I truly believe, and that kind of segues into like, I'm going to talk about five things that have helped me and that currently help me to really 
being in love with life because life really is hard. It's, I think, easier for some people and harder for some people. And I have friends that are going through trials that I can't even imagine. And, but I just really want to give you guys five things. Now, these are five things that I do in addition to what we're really supposed to be doing, right? Like we should be communing daily with the divine, with our heavenly father. And we should be seeking knowledge through the scriptures and seeking to connect with our God all day long, every day. That should be our goal. So these are five things in addition to the things that I do. Okay. So we are going to talk about, so really quickly, has anyone seen, you don't have to raise your hand or anything, but if you haven't seen the Netflix special, it's a 10 series program. It's called Call the Midwife. And it is so awesome. I'm obsessed with things that like olden times, like back in the sixties, that's olden times. That was just right before I was born, but it's still the olden days if it's before you're born. So it's phenomenal. It's all about these nuns delivering babies in the sixties in London, England, on the West side where everyone is poor and they're struggling with women's rights and they're, it's just so beautifully done and so lovely. But the first, the last quote of the very last episode of the finale on the 10th season, she says, it takes courage to stand tall, to hold fast to one's ground in a world forever spinning. We say, this is my place. I'm safe here. I will stay but sometimes a tempest comes and whips the earth up from our roots. We stand diminished and exposed. We are known, we are naked, and we tremble at the prospect of the next shift of the elements. How many of you guys can resonate with that? Holy moly. I mean, I truly feel like a lot of times in this life, we do stand exposed. And now everybody knows like all of our junk, right? And now we're kind of freaked out because that was really shaky. Whatever it was, this trauma, this adverse situation, the stimulus in our life was traumatizing. And now we're just like, oh my gosh, what's the next thing that's going to happen? So I think that sometimes we can sit down and ask life itself, right? And some of you our meditators. I have been learning how to do that and it's been the coolest thing. But if we can sit down in a meditative state, in a quiet place, in a, where we're still and say, why is life so hard? I can guarantee that life is going to smile and it's going to look back at you and say, because you don't appreciate things that are easy. This is so true. Like we just kind of coast through when life's going easy and vanilla. And so hopefully we can appreciate all that life is going to offer us. And we're going to talk a little bit about understanding agency. And even though someone uses their agency to hurt you, to hurt others, how we can appreciate what that looks like and what that means eternally. So the first thing, number one, is that there's purpose and meaning to all suffering. No matter what it is, great or small, there's purpose to it. It doesn't mean that it's okay, especially it doesn't condone someone else's behavior. What it does is that we have the opportunity to grow. One of my favorite 
humans on this earth that I cannot wait to meet him one day when I die. His name's Victor Frankel. He was a Holocaust survivor and he was a psychiatrist and his, you guys probably know this, but so fun to share. Victor Frankel and his wife and unborn child were taken to the concentration camps when World War II broke out and his wife and unborn child were killed and he survived and he wrote the most beautiful little book called Man's Search for Meaning. And in that book, he doesn't go into detail about how hard this trial was. And he doesn't go into like all the day-to-day things that made this concentration camp so horrible and his experience so horrible. He actually analyzed the experience. And my favorite quote is, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our ability to choose our response. And in that response lies our growth and our freedom. That to me is the best perspective, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we've been through, that there really is that space. You think about your, most people have a dog or know a dog. They do not have that space. They're instinctual. They react immediately. I see a squirrel. I'm going to eat the squirrel. They don't think about that the squirrels are not going to be happy with them after that. That happened to our dog. But we have the ability to choose how we respond to any stimulus in our life, no matter what it is. And maybe we're out there working out. I mean, if you think about how our muscles break down when we are adding a negative stimulus to it, that actually breaks down and come back, comes back stronger. Those muscle fibers build up even stronger after that. So I look at my life and I think, how can I? How can I be sad and upset when I learned great lessons, unfortunately, at the hand of another and myself, right? So, but because of those experiences, I learned three great things from from that. One is that my empathy, the natural empathy that I already had, um, grew so much stronger for others. And I sensed their pain and I unfortunately want to fix everyone and I want to help everyone and I can't, but it does give me such beautiful empathy for others and an eternal understanding for agency and what a gift that is. And we don't have control over what other people's actions are. We only have control over what we do with that. And, and then because of the crazy things that have happened to me, I now have a total passion and a drive every single day to help all people, not just women, so that they don't have to suffer like I did. And that to me, I I can't be anything but grateful for an experience that taught me that and the growth that I feel from that. And I have to say, as soon as I started realizing that, I and I started sharing this with some of my close friends, my life started changing and I started realizing how important it is for us to not just hold on to those, those secrets and the things that have been safely kept in a dark corner. Well, guess what? Most of us have those corners that we need to get rid of. And the only way to do that is to provide a platform like this to encourage and provide support for others so that they can then you know, feel okay to share and get rid of those as well. Okay. 
And I also thought like, what would my life be like if I didn't have any negative stimulus? Because think about how, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my job. And we're just fighting, fighting, fighting not to, you know, what do we do? We have to hurry and get out of this so we can be happy again. That's the way I feel like most of us humans, we live in that space every day. Oh my gosh, like a tree crashed on my house. We got to hurry and get out of this. We got to hurry as fast as we can so that we can be happy again. Well, if we didn't have any stimulus, I actually had this visual of what I would look like if I had no stimulus. I visualized this vanilla blob laying on the floor because there isn't anything to make me stronger. There isn't any, there's no emotion. There's no high and low. There's no excitement. There's no like that. And so I want to, I didn't give this to you because this kind of came to me this morning, BJ, but this is a, my, one of my favorite quotes by president Hinckley. He says, anyone who met, who imagines that bliss is normal is going to waste a lot of time running around shouting that he's been robbed. The fact is that most putts, which is a golf, golf putt, most putts don't drop. Most beef is tough. Most children grow up to be just children. Most successful marriages require a high degree of mutual toleration. I love that. It's hilarious. Most jobs are often dull than otherwise. Life is like an old time journey. Delays, sidetracks, smoke, dust, cinders, and jolts interspersed only by occasional beautiful vistas and thrilling bursts of speed. The trick is to thank the Lord for letting us have it all. So I love that. I think that kind of want it all. I kind of do. And I don't want to be a vanilla blob laying on the floor. Hey, here's the second one is understanding our Savior's atonement personally. I think that in our respective churches, in our religious practices, sometimes we go through the motions of we know this and we know this and we do this and this is what it looks like and this is how it's wrapped up in this package and this is what it looks like for everybody. But I hope that we will all take the opportunity to figure out what that means for ourselves personally. And so I had an experience, I've kind of felt stuck for a while in some certain areas. And I have a friend that has been so awesome to help me. And she, she said, I want you to imagine the safest place on earth. And I was like, hmm, okay. So I imagined it. And mine was in the celestial room of the temple, just being in the temple. And, and she goes, I want you to imagine yourself now sitting by the savior. And so I was like, this is great. I love this. This is so safe and so wonderful. And she goes, tell me how you feel. And I go, I feel like the safest I've ever been. I feel happy. I feel joy. I feel validated. I feel seen. And then she goes, now I want you to invite that person, your aggressor, your perpetrator into that room. And I was like, nope, there's no way that's going to happen. And, and it took weeks for me to get to that point. And I really, I thought I had moved on from all of that. My parents and I did so much work. I had so much therapy. I had, you know, teaching rad helps. And I just thought, no, like, I'm good. Like, I don't need to do that. And then she helped me to understand how all of us deserve 
and and need the Savior's atonement in our life. And that it's part of their journey is my journey as well. And so I finally got to the point where I could invite that person into the safe space that I had created and that I enjoy when I need to. And I sat there with that person. And all of a sudden, I realized that he is a son of God and that he is also has light in him. He's also on his own journey and he may be a horrible human, but okay, let me just say that I probably shouldn't say that, but in my mind, I'm still like, you're kind of a turd, but, but to allow that type of healing, that depth of healing with my savior is what really made me understand how important my savior is and how he is the one that mends us all together. And one day, you know what, that person is going to pay for what he did. And he's also going to hopefully accept that beautiful gift of our savior's atonement. And that was such a huge portion of my healing right there was just to understand that that is not, he's not an object. Anyone that hurts us, anyone that does that is not an object. So they're actually a daughter and a son or a son of God. And they also deserve his love as well. So, so that was number two. So cool. Okay. Number three is self-love and oh my gosh, I think we, as women, so many of us have this problem where we're like, so good to everybody else. And inside we're like, you're such a stinker. I can't believe you just did that mother of the year. Like how many times I say those things to myself. And sometimes I hear them like, no one really appreciates you or you're kind of invisible and no one really sees like you. And, and so I think that that's something that we all struggle with to a point is that really beautiful self-love And because I have this past and present, I I think that we all participate in self-harm in some way or another. It's how we talk to each other, right? When When we are not kind and loving to ourselves and we don't have mercy on this person that's just trying every day. I mean, all of us are just showing up every day trying to be better that we don't have mercy on ourselves, but we're really good about forgiven others. Like we would never talk to our families. Most of us would never talk to anyone the way we talk to ourselves inside. So the other day, and I don't know if you, for you guys that know me, I'm like, there's like a million things happening in this body, in this soul. Like it's like, like all the time, there's not a lot of rest. And it's especially because I pick up on everyone's energy. So it's always like super like chaotic and busy and, and meditation is very hard for me because it's like an opportunity for me to revisit all of those things that are happening inside my brain. But I've really, really enjoyed the practice. And even if I can do one minute or I can do 10 minutes. So the other day, a couple of weeks ago, I I'm doing this neck traction for my neck because I've got some issues going on. And so I lay on my floor with my little hard pillow thing that helps my neck to be in the proper position. 
And for 12 minutes, morning and night, I'm working on being more mindful and more connected to my heavenly father. And so this particular morning I was laying there and I started thinking about how often all the time I'm teaching women to own their voice, to protect their bodies, how to defend themselves from the bad guy, how to verbally be assertive in their lives. And, and it's all about protect, 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 protect. This is how you protect. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I spend so much of my energy helping others to create safe places for themselves and their bodies and in their workplaces and at home and out on the streets. But I don't focus any of my energy on protecting this, this person, this human, this everything that I am. I am, there's so much more negativity happening inside that I don't even realize that's like, can't believe you just did that. Or, you know, like, are you going to wear those pants? Do you know what COVID did to your thighs? Like all of the conversations that happen inside of our bodies. Yes, I'm wearing stretchy pants today. I'm not wearing the tight jeans that I could wear a year ago. But like all those things that like go on in our minds that we forget that creating a safe place inside here for us to dwell. You guys, this can be the safest place for any of us to be when we're kind and we have mercy. And I promised myself I wasn't going to cry, especially at this part, but oh my gosh, you guys, I, for weeks now, I have not participated in that type of behavior. And when we choose Sorry, when we choose to create a safe place in here, only kindness, only mercy, only gratitude, only love, and the only things that we say to ourselves are, you are so amazing. Look at you. Look at what you did today. That is so amazing. I mean, all of us would say that to our kids or our husband, like, good job. That is so great. Well, guess what? It's now time for all of us to talk to ourselves that way. So everywhere we go, it's safe. It's peace. It's happiness. It's mercy. And that, guess what? The world's pretty whack, you guys. It's so crazy out there that we need to have this place be the safest. And it doesn't really matter. What people think of us is none of our business, right? So only good, only good thoughts towards ourselves, only love, only kindness inside. So practicing self-love in that way completely changed how I go about my day, like only kindness in there towards myself. So that is number three. Okay. Number four, gratitude. How are we doing on time? 948. Do I have like 12 minutes left-ish? Yeah? Cool. Okay, gratitude, because we're on number four, so we're, we're getting pretty close. I truly believe that gratitude is the highest frequency of all emotions. It is so high up there. It makes everything filled with light. Everything that gratitude touches turns to light. And darkness has no place in a soul that is filled with gratitude. 
and not just gratitude because today's great or it's easy, but today gratitude for all of the things, for the whole train ride, for the whole, you know, living in the fiery furnace, like set up camp there if you need to for a while to learn what what life is trying to teach you. But gratitude. So I have a friend. I don't know if she's on here. I don't think she is, but I'm not going to use her name. She's super special. When she was born, she was born with the veil was not there. And she's a member of our church. And she really was afraid all the time and really viewed this gift as a curse and would kind of spend her life trying to figure out like, Heavenly Father, I don't want this anymore. Like, just take it away because I'm always afraid. I don't like seeing spirits. I don't want to communicate with the other side. I just want to live a normal life. And so she spent most of her life in fear. And she has five kids. And she has this routine at night where she puts all the kids to bed. Her husband has to wake up early. So he was in bed. She does her little rounds around the house. And kind of, you know, putting the cup in the dishwasher and making sure the doors are locked. And she got to bed and she laid down and all of a sudden she just felt this dark presence standing next to her. And immediately she was filled with gratitude for her gift, for her life, for this wonderful man laying next to her, for her children, all of it, all at once. And it fled. It could not be in the presence of her total immersed soul in gratitude. And I have never forgotten that story of her. I love her so much. And I have tried to live my life in total gratitude for everything because heaven knows I don't want anything like that standing next to my bed and I don't want it anywhere near me. But gratitude truly does deflect all darkness. It cannot be in the presence of a heart filled with gratitude. So gratitude for everything in my life that comes my way. And man, sometimes it's hard because when that shower started acting up, I was like, oh, here we go again. What next in this old house? And, but it has, it has helped me so much. And that's why that sign is right there. It's embrace the suck. If any of you guys can't see it, that on the other side of that wall is a shower that is messed up, that's gone. It's just wood now. So so that's gratitude. And I hope that you guys will remember how important gratitude is. Number five, the overwhelm monster. It's my constant companion. Seriously, I feel it every day. And so many days I'm like, I just want to run. I just want to run. I don't know where I want to run to, but I just want to run. And the overwhelm for me comes from just being a busy person and having a lot on my plate, but also because I literally a Hoover vacuum where I, I vacuum up everybody's problems and then I try to carry them and, and inadvertently I carry their energy and it's very overwhelming at times. And so I know we all experience an overwhelm monster and a different degree. Mine is so big, he deserved a name, and I named him Kyle, which which helped me to be able to sit down with him and look him in the face and say, what are you trying to teach me? And I think that when we can look at whatever is overwhelming in our life 
and practice the pause instead of getting all fired up and, and freaked out because something's out of place or something's overwhelming, that we can sit down with that. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's, I have a kid that's struggling. Whatever the situation is, I can sit down with that. And I know this probably sounds like total wacky, weird, but it helps me to visualize that I'm sitting down with something and saying, what are you? Okay. You are overwhelmed and you are my constant companion. And I see you and feel you 24 seven, every day of the year, every year. And what are you trying to teach me? And some days it's really, really obvious that I have just stacked my schedule so much. And I think that if we allow that process to take place, that heavenly father really just goes in there and he goes, Oh, thanks for asking. You're doing this or you're not doing this. And this is why you're feeling overwhelmed. And this is why you're this or this or this. But if we can sit down with it and have a face-to-face conversation, I remember a gentleman who is a social worker. He busy, busy, busy. He ended up getting COVID last year. And after the third day, he was like, okay, I'm kind of feeling a little bit better. And as he took four steps down his front steps, he stopped and he was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what just happened just now, but my everything just said, you're going to die unless you get back in bed. And he said that he realized that he was overlooking, like his body was saying, you need to take a get back in bed. But his brain was going, oh my gosh, I have so many things that I need to do. He went back in bed and he, he was the one that taught me to sit down with whatever it is and go, what are you trying to teach me? Whether it's, I have this ailment or I have this struggle with my husband, or I'm struggling with my job. I'm struggling with whatever it is that you can actually name it and sit down with it and ask what it's trying to teach you. And I promise you, they're very, very vocal and they will tell you exactly what the problem is. BJ, will you put up slide two, slide number two? Okay, this is a good one. Karen Broadhead. Man, sometimes we feel so insignificant and or we feel so overwhelmed with life. And this quote by Neil Maxwell is so amazing that he doesn't begin by asking like, What's your ability? Like, tell me all your skills. Tell me all the things you're really good at. And I'll tell you if you're qualified to do it. No, he only wants us to be available and dependable. And if we prove that to, and I know that maybe some of you out there, like we, like your God might be different than my God and that's okay. But that whoever your divine is, wants us to be dependable and available. That means we show up. That means we do the things and the work that we need to do to be close to him. And if he will, he'll make us capable of doing anything. He'll make us capable of getting through the day when we're super overwhelmed. He'll make us capable of doing whatever is so important that needs to be done. So that is a quote I live by that, you know, he doesn't care right now what your ability is. He just wants you to be dependable, which means you show up every single day. And he wants you to be available to 
And what available means to me also is being open to receive. So many of us are really good givers, but we really have a hard time just sitting and just taking it in and receiving goodness from the world. So love that. Love, love, love that quote. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, just so you know, Kyle, my overwhelmed monster, and I have many, many conversations every day. And I hope that Dave's okay with me having this relationship with Kyle, because honestly, this overwhelm is so present in my life that if I don't completely have that conversation with the overwhelm every day, then it is, it is like, I cannot even function. So making sure that you guys acknowledge what is overwhelming in your life and you sit down and have that conversation. Okay. There's your homework. <sighs> feel like I should say this really quickly. And then I'm going to end with one thing, but you guys, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say, I can't do that right now, but you can't say that unless you have already done an inventory as to where you are. I know that a lot of us are working. I work full-time. I run a full-time self-defense program. I am always at the beck and call of the sheriff and it's and then guess what? Got the three kids, got the amazing husband, and then life, right? The rest of life. What if we have friends? We have all the things that kind of beckon us and call us and need us. And so sometimes it's okay. Like it's okay to establish what your boundaries are. And by the way, Karen, the boundary series was absolutely phenomenal. Ashley, love it. Oh my gosh, Ashley, love it. You're phenomenal. So if you guys go on the Mothers Who Know podcast and listen to the Boundary series, oh my gosh, I feel like, oh, so cool. Anyway, but you guys can't establish what your boundaries are and how much time and energy you have in your life so you don't have to compete with the overwhelm monster. Establish that and be okay with saying no, no shame. Unapologetically, that doesn't work for me and be okay with that. So, these are the five things you guys I do on a daily basis to keep myself sane in a completely crazy world and to continue to have the passion and love to help others and to help myself. You guys don't forget how important it is for you to love yourself and to only talk nicely to yourself. So just to end, thank you again, Karen, for allowing me an opportunity to stand as a witness. And will you do slide three, BJ? So my favorite scripture, well, I have a lot of favorites, but I love this. And it says, and I will also ease the burdens which are put upon your shoulders, that even you cannot fill them upon your backs, even while you are in bondage. And this will I do that you may stand as witnesses for me hereafter, and that you may know of a surety that I, the Lord God, do visit my people in their afflictions. And now it came to pass that the burdens which were laid upon Alma and his brethren were made light. Yea, the Lord did strengthen them that they could bear up their burdens with ease, and they did submit cheerfully and with patience to all the will of the Lord. Oh man, I, I'm going to say this, like I stand, I don't, I'm not standing. I'm sitting here today standing as a witness to you guys that God knows you, that he knows what you're going through. 
every day. He's keenly aware of your struggles, of your pains, and that he's there to help us. And I am so grateful that I can stand as a witness today, knowing so that you guys will know that he does visit us in our afflictions. So I love you guys. Sure, how I'm supposed to end this, but so good, Emily. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're Emily's not done yet. We're gonna go to a QA portion of our meeting. Yes, thank you so much, Emily. If I could just just share a little takeaway that I had that I just so appreciated was you talked about that imposter syndrome and who are you to speak up or to do this? And just how you said that life qualifies us and God qualifies us. I just, I love that. And there's a million others, but just appreciate that little, that point. And we do have a few questions that we'll start with. And yeah, Emily, we'll just, we'll just have you facilitate the questions and you're welcome to reach out if you would like. So <laughs> the first question is, you mentioned, Emily, that you were grateful, even though your shower is broken. How do you express gratitude? Are you actually grateful that the shower is broken or grateful despite the fact that your shower is broken? Like, can you share more, more about like how you have gratitude when, when you're in the midst of your daily needs and sometimes just you feel like they're not being met or, you know, just or otherwise and share ideas there. Thanks. Yeah. I'm not grateful that the shower is broken, but what I know will happen is that my sweetheart and I will have this fun, challenging opportunity to rebuild a shower together. And that's our goal. It really is horrible to only have like one working shower in the house with a 22 year old and a 17 year old. But you know, guess what? A lot of people did that back in the olden days and it's, and it's fine. And it's allowing us to learn from each other. So for me in any experience now, I'm like, okay, just when the shower breaks, I'm like, <gasps> and then I go, okay, just take a step back and allow this process to be what it is. I think so often we just try to force things, right? We're like, or we're just trying to swim fast enough to get out of that situation so for me, I just allow the shower to be broken. And we had a situation over Memorial Day weekend on Friday of Memorial Day weekend at five o'clock, our water main broke in our basement floor, which means all the water had to be turned off and no one's available to come help us right till Tuesday. So guess what? It, it was horrible. It was like, I don't want to be a pioneer at all. And so for us, luckily our sweet neighbors, I think my friend Wendy is probably on here, but they were out of town and we were taking care of their house and they allowed us to shower and, you know, use their house, their, their basement apartment so that we could get through it. And we learned amazing lessons from that weekend. And I almost just a weekend, but I try to just look at what just allow the experience to, to go and to be not rigid, but to be flexible enough to allow it to teach you. Does that help? Thank you so much, Emily. Yeah, we do have a few more. So I'm just going to get right, right to, let's see. The next question is, let's see, you 
what were the guideposts that you came to on your path from like self-harm and suicidal thoughts or actions to healthy place that you are now? Do you have, do you have some tips there? So it's, it's a journey, right? It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And think being open and available to allow God into your life to help you. Physical exercise helped me so much and those endorphins. And that's one reason why I have to be physical because it helps so much, but the guideposts are going to be different for everybody. And sometimes, I mean, I think that if you, if someone were to not be in me, but to look at me, they would probably never know that I had the issues that I have. And I think that's one reason why it's so hard to share because now everybody knows, like now my Bishop knows all the things I'm just like, but like, it's okay because, because my journey internally looks very different than my journal journey outwardly. So if you think about the guideposts, like along the way, yes, there were some specific things that I did a lot of therapy, a lot of, you know, at a time medication that just helped immediately, but, you know, honestly, just, just showing up every day and finding people that can support you and that understand what you're going through. And cause your internal journey might take 30, 50 years, and it might look completely different than what you're doing physically on the outside. So I just think supporting and being and finding a support group of people that can help you and say, you know, I understand what's happening. Cause the thing about that type of those type of feelings is you always feel isolated. You always feel like you're the only one that's ever gone through that because no one talks about it. So sometimes you feel like you are the only one because no one's ever, no one wants to talk about it. So it just, you're not alone and that you can, you can have people there to support you and help you. Thank you, Emily. Okay. We have a few more questions coming in. Karen, were you saying something? I just went like this. Hmm. Cause I love Emily. I love what she shared. Me too. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, let's see. Okay. I really love the analogy of camping out in the fiery furnace. Can you share a little bit more about how you've been able to survive that cheerfully? Mm, camping. It's I honestly, I don't really like, I love being in nature, but I really want like a camper and I'll have a camper. And so it, when I visualize myself in the fiery furnace, I don't even have a tent and, but I've set up camp there. I think for me, again, it goes back to that resistance. Like I feel like in our life, we have so much resistance towards any type of opposition and that just allowing the experience to be what it is, whatever it is. And I already feel like my heart's racing just saying this because I, because those that, that furious, like, oh my gosh, I got to get out of this. I got, I got to fix this. I got to make it right. Like today, like yesterday, like those feelings are so ingrained in us as humans, because every time everything gets hot, we're like, oh, oh my gosh. And then what am I going to do to fix? I'm going to turn the stove off and I'm going to tell everyone not to get near the stove because that was really horrible. But 
But when it comes to experiences, I mean, a lot of times we can't just turn off the stove. It's like, we've got wounds, we've got things that are happening, we've got things that are lingering that that stay with us for a lifetime. And at some point, we have to just pause and allow that experience to teach us. And that's the biggest thing is we don't stop long enough for us to allow that experience to teach us what it's supposed to teach us. I know it sounds kind of weird. Like it really does. Like, why would you want to just sit in the fiery furnace? Like, why would you just do that? Obviously we don't want to live there. That's not our goal is, but some of us, we just kind of reside there at, at different heat levels. Right. But I really truly feel like if we can just take a moment and just stop freaking out about the experience, what it is, and just take a deep breath and go, this is a situation, my basement's flooding. And I am going to calmly do what I need to do to get this under control. And eventually maybe that one problem will work itself out, but then the next one, next one's going to be there. Right? So I think if we start, stop just getting so anxious about needing to fix it right, right now that we lose the ability to learn from that. Oh, thank you, Emily. See, for me, one of the things I struggle with is forgiving myself. How, how did you find ways to help with self-forgiveness? Thank you for asking that question. That is the hardest thing that I have had to learn because we're so much harder on ourselves than we are on anyone else. To me, it was so easier to forgive the person that changed my life to finally get past that than it was for me to forgive myself. I mean, I did horrible things to myself. I really did. And I think that I sometimes will look back at that sweet young lady. Sorry. And you can't have but mercy, right? Like... She did what she did because she was hurting, right? And it's not, I think that if we can separate ourselves, I know I'm probably sounding totally crazy to some of you guys, like I'm separating myself. There's two of us here. (laughs) No, but just like visualizing, like if I visualize myself as that 18 year old, oh my gosh, like there's nothing but forgiveness in my heart for her now. And I think that's just a process of looking at where you were or looking at where you are. Think about how Heavenly Father looks at all of us and is like, oh, think you got this. Like, I feel like he's, he's that grandma sitting across the table at you, Betsy, this is for you. And giving you that little wink, like you got this, like you are so powerful and so strong. And if we could step aside from the experience in ourself for just a moment and just love that person because think about how hard life is. We should be all about forgiving ourselves for any, even the most horrific things we do to ourselves. We should be having mercy towards ourselves because we would do that to someone else. I don't know. Like, I hope that helped. That's such a great question. These are so good. Okay. Let's see if we can get this last question in. And moms, if you have more questions, we have so many sweet opportunities to meet and 
together, you know, with in our different groups and, and trainings and opportunities to just share and learn from one another. And we really, that happened. So, so let's, let's do this one and then we'll see where we're at. What advice would you give for moms and parents who are trying to deal with the parental trauma of having a child trying suicide while also trying to help their child, just not wanting to make a child feel guilty, but also wanting to be genuine as a parent and just have any, have any thoughts there, Emily? Mm. Man, I wish you guys could meet my parents. Pam and Ernie Hansen. Oh, they, they actually really are saints. They're, they're angels. The stuff that they dealt with for me for those three years. And I'm sure they've worried every day of my life since, you know, what they did is they were so patient and watchful and careful and prayerful. And you know, I, there wasn't any blame or criticism. There was probably some, like, I don't understand why my kid's doing this. I don't understand why she's doing this, but man, I remember my dad just being so encouraging. Everything was encouraging. I mean, they did all, they went through all the safety measures to make sure that I was as safe as I could be. But I remember my dad's a long distance runner and he's 80 and he's still out running the mountains in St. George. He's insane. He's so awesome. And, but back then he was like, come on, Em, let's, do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to go run? He would, he never forced, there was never any force. There was always just love, love, support, and then doing all the things like making sure that you know, they're safe, making sure they're loved because ultimately there's only so much a parent can do. And that to me would be the hardest thing is to have to be on that end, supporting a child and not having any control over what that child does. And I think that would be very, very difficult and kudos to the parents out there that just love through that storm and support the best that they can. And there's no shame and there's no guilt because as a parent, you only can do what you can do. And so whoever you are, I love you. And just, oh, so hard. I think that there were some things in the chat It says, my dad sexually abused us. I forgave him, but even after 30 years of marriage to an amazing husband, I'm still not sexually attracted to him. Any ideas? I don't, I don't know, even know how to answer that. All I know is that type of trauma affects your marriage in a crazy way. And I don't know. All I know is that I was very resistant to that type of help. And it might deserve some professional counseling on that and a very supportive and loving husband that cares about healing that part of you. And not everybody has that. I did, but not everybody has that. That's like a hard one to not have that part of your marriage. But I think that if if you've gone through sexual abuse and you're now married and now you're reliving that on a daily basis with the one that you love, even though they're not abusive, I think that that definitely would take some, some counseling and some real understanding. And because as soon as a husband understands that it's, it's not because of him, it's because of things that aren't, are unhealed in you, then 
then that can heal. But definitely some professional help for sure. And that's that's not my scope of professionalism. <laughs> and I get how hard that is. So yeah, I think that's gonna take some some working through with your husband and a therapist, probably. Yeah, I I think I wouldn't say anything different than you have said. <laughs> yeah, just to point point it towards some professional help. If you need any like referrals on that, you're welcome to set up a meeting with me and we could talk about that. So for sure. There's another question too. This one was my feelings are that sometimes I feel like while in the pre-existence, when I asked if I wanted to come to earth and go through this life that has been so hard, I lied. I don't think I can go on with all the things that keep happening. And my heart has been broken so much. I don't think I have any more fight in me. I know that the Lord knows what I'm going through, but. Uh, was there something after, but? Nope. Just a lot of okay. dot, dot, dots. Okay. Oh, that's really hard. That's really hard. I think that, that that's a, that's a realm that when you start feeling like in the preexistence, you kind of lied. I kind of feel like maybe, I don't know that I'm qualified to answer that question in the way I want to, but I don't know that. I, I don't know. That's a, that's a touchy one. I just don't know that heavenly father being the God that he is, I guess we all have our agency to choose, even if we choose to just go, yeah, I'll do it, even though I don't want to do it. But it sounds like that is definitely a beautiful human who's been through some hard, hard things. And she just doesn't know where to go and feels very alone and very trapped. And, but that's someone definitely like yelling out for help right there for sure. How do you guys usually handle those types of comments that, you know, they're struggling and that's all obviously a cry for help really a lot right there. Yeah. Well, and it sounds so isolating, right? Sounds so isolating and that's one of the powerful things, whether it's just a therapist that you hire to help you, right? Or you find a community somehow, you know, whether it's just one person that you can say, here's the whole story and this is what I'm trying to work out. Or that's one of the big shifts that we've noticed having this platform of connection with really Christ-centered women who are really like-minded in their hearts and in their minds, but we all have different circumstances, but we all understand what heart is. And if we don't ever connect or find community in it, some kind of support, a place to, to be real instead of just never talk about things that are hard. If we don't have a place like that, then they just stack and stack and stack. And then pretty soon it becomes so heavy and overwhelming that, yeah, it's difficult for us to resist the torment of the adversary in it all. Yeah. And so he has a lot more power in that torment place because we are in such a big isolated place. And that's why he loves isolating people so much. So anyway, whether it's a, you know, just somewhere where you feel like you're safe and that you trust the resource 
and that you feel like you're being heard even if you say nothing for a while but as you listen like that's one of the things that's so miraculous about a format like this is i might come here and for ever i might just listen like for months but i feel heard because that woman's because she showed me her i can see me better and i also know that i'm not alone and somebody else feels that way too or has felt that way and now they've grown a little bit or understand a little more but one of the things that i have such a strong testimony of is if you are in a i'm crying out for help place and have the power to say that out loud that is so much strength and courage to just say i wonder about this could this really be real is this really what i voted for right because it's just too dang hard but if you're that girl that can say that then there's something really terrifying about you to the dark side mm -hmm. right he hasn't been able to shut you down he hasn't been able to put you away right you're still showing up even though in your own mind you might feel like i think i'm done but that's a woman who who can become one of the fiercest defenders of people's truth. Yeah, so just know if she's still here or if she listens to this, that yeah, there is so much love and care and support and available for you. And we hope that you'll join us and even just, yeah, if you and I set up a, a meeting with me, you can find that on our website I'd be happy to point you to Emily if that's someone you've felt like you want to talk to more or yeah, we could set you up with another resource or just tell you all about the details of our resources because that's what's really hard is when you feel that heavy with lots of stuff, but you also feel a little frozen and you don't know where to start. But oh, we do love, love her. That's really hard. Anything else, ladies, before we go? I just have one quick thing. And if I know that if you want to talk to me, Karen can put you and I in touch and I can give you a few tidbits. For sure. So. Yeah, that'd be great. And just a reminder, I see a question about the recording. Yes, we're so glad these are recorded and it will get sent to you being registered for the class. It'll get sent to you by this weekend. And then later it'll be put on our podcast channel. So thank you. It's always so hard for us to end our meetings because there's more, right? There's more that people want to share or ask or say. So yeah, we just extend our, really our loving invitation for you to come to meetings exactly like this that are really run a lot exactly like this Q&A with Emily, where we're all collaborating and trying to find you know inspired comforting empowering things that we can apply to our circumstances through the spirit and it's just a neat christ-centered place so we would invite you to come to those meetings too you know what i just was something you said emily about well so many things that you said about self-love was just it was so big 
it made me think of something that I've learned about this last, oh, maybe eight months has been such a big lesson for me. And it is that as it applies to your fiery furnace, I just thought it's a lot, a lot of self-love is involved in submitting to a fiery furnace and allowing ourselves to be available in that place. And that if I can't admit that I'm actually in the fiery furnace and I don't like it, I'm actually in the finally fiery furnace and it's, it's super not fun, you know, if I'm resistant, then I really can't be available to, you know, the Savior's enabling power to come and help me there. And so anyway, I just think part of self-love is to, to have that mercy that you taught us about and that kindness and gratefulness in hard so that we can actually be where we're at because the only way we can get somewhere different where we'd rather be not right here is to say i'm available and i'm willing to say this is where i'm at so i can get to the next place that would be helpful for me but if i keep resisting it and say i don't want that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna acknowledge it the dark corner or the furnace or whatever so it's so much self-love and isn't it interesting that the savior kind of requires a level of self-love or self-understanding in order for him to to show up and help us right that's really interesting to notice so yeah emily would you just mind sharing with us your final message of hope and then we'll be done for today with so much gratitude for you thank you <clears throat> Okay. I think that I've already shared this, but I truly believe that God has saved us a place at the table and he so wants to share with us all of the good things that we are. And we do have to be available for that. And we have to be open to receive that. Isn't that awesome? that that party is there and there's that chair. It's like, Hey, we're waiting for you. Like, that's how I feel. I feel like there's always a seat at the table and it's a round table. It's a round table where we can sit with our God and have these types of conversations and feel heard and feel seen. And that I want all of you guys at my table. And, and the biggest thing is that you guys, my biggest advice is to just show up every day. And some days you show up watching Netflix, right? Like that's, that's fine. And sometimes you need to allow yourself that type of decompression from life, but <clears throat> you have to show up daily in life and whatever that looks like for you, because life is really messy and hard. And the only way to really get through it with joy and with gratitude and with love and gratitude for the experience, right? Gratitude for the things that we learn. We're not having gratitude for horrible things that people do in life because every day out there, there's horrible people that are doing horrible things. It doesn't condone behavior, but what it does is allows us to be free and allows us to learn from those experiences and do good with it to take that experience and now do good things with it. 
And so I want you guys to know, like, I am here to support anyone and answer questions. I know that there was some questions, so I would be happy to have that conversation with anyone and help anyone in any way that they need. So thank you so much. Thank you, Emily. Yeah, thank you. We love you. And yeah, so thankful for you gals for being here. So grateful that you'd be with us. Thanks for being such a a neat audience and a great support to Emily and to us. But yeah, Emily, you, that was awesome. That was so awesome. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. It's just going to be such an incredible resource too for women to hear that weren't able to come. So thank you. And thanks everybody for being with us. I'm going to turn the time over to BJ just for some quick information about what's coming up next. And then we'll see you next week with Ashley Lovett. Hey. Okay. Yes. Thank you so very much, Emily. Lots of lots of comments came through the chat. Just wanting to make sure you know. Just we sure appreciate what you've shared and just you bringing that message and yourself. Okay. Like Karen said, just a few things we wanted to make sure you're aware of before we head. We all head off. That next week, the the message and the presenter for next week is Ashley Lovett. Emily talked about the boundary series that she's been helping with and how much she loved it. And that's been just such a neat thing that you can find on the Mothers Who Know podcast channel. So she will be talking about waiting on the Lord, the sacred space of limbo and sorrow. Ashley knows about betrayal, trauma, divorce, and she is a therapist for the WORTH program with life-changing services and just does a lot of other really neat work. And so we've been so grateful for her to join with us. Ashley will also be joining another group that we have, a really neat group called Warrior Mothers Who Know. That's a 11 o'clock mountain time group that meets. It's just a free group a place where you can have a safe place for some questions that feel a little bit sensitive in some of the areas of your life. But just concluding that that boundary series with her that's been on our podcast channel, we wanted to have an opportunity just to ask questions all around that series. And so we're just going to be hanging out with her. That'll be on August 30th as well. And then a reminder about that free mom power training course that has just been so helpful and for women to be able to reframe their situations and, and have a faith filled just training and people to be with and to link arms with. This is it. It's just a, a self-paced training. You can just do when it's convenient for you. And then we also have a live portion where you can come and, and ask questions and just share insights. So that will be starting on the on September 13th after this webinar series finishes. So you can easily register for that in 30 seconds at mompowertraining.org. You can also find it on our website, motherswhoknow.org. So also we, we always like to, to make sure people are aware of this. This is a book that Karen Broadhead wrote. It's called Mama Trauma, Now What? And it's finding hope when your child battles pornography or other challenging issues, you will find that the tools and truths in that book will help you to meet just about whatever you can come up with. And so we just really love sharing that. There's a free ebook on the lifechangingservices.org website. And you can also get a, 
a hard copy if that's, if that's what you like better. And then also you might be just feeling like I would love to just visit with somebody to just help me understand what's available and just to put your hearts and heads together. Karen also has a, a free 30 minute just complimentary visit with her. And so you just find that by going to motherswhoknow.org. And then one of the tabs at the top says work with Karen and you click on that and you can find that we're just, you're so welcome to come and visit with us. And if you have any other questions that have come up during this meeting, or you're wondering about us, you can always send us an email at motherswhoknow at lifechangingservices.org. And we would love to, to help you out with anything. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Thanks again, Emily. And thank you, Karen, for helping put this together. Yeah, thanks, ladies. Thanks for all your support behind the scenes. Debbie, VJ, Luann, such awesome efforts. So good. Thank you, ladies. Thanks, Emily. Yeah, we hope to see everybody next week, and we hope that you'll pass, pass it on and, and invite your friends. All right. Love you all. See ya. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers Who Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSAA young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under MothersYouKnow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know, and on Instagram, username at mothers underscore who know last if you would like additional support and training please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week mom power training class for all moms you can also go to the mothers you know website at mothers org or our parent company life changing services at life changing services.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones thank you so much for listening today Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothersyouknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.